praise you, Lord. We pray, O oh God, that our hearts be connected to heaven. From our heart up to heaven, may Christ be the center. May Christ be the object of attention. May Christ be the object of affection. May Christ be the object of attraction. May Christ be the object of adoration. We exalt your holy name, Father. We thank you because there is none like you, Lord. All glory and honor to you. What a privilege to give for your work. May this be used for the glory and the expansion of God's kingdom. May it be used for your namesake, Father. We ask for your blessings to rest upon your people. We thank you for your word. Speak to us through your word. We pray that you would release grace anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective, productive, fruitful. In Jesus' name we bind every resistance to the preaching of God's word. All critical spirits be made still in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. As you remain standing, we will turn to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 18. 2 Kings 13, 18. Somebody read it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. Hmm. All right. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't stop. Don't stop. All right. We will continue with where we tapered off last time. I believe that we all remember what we were talking about. Mel, you ready? Okay. I believe that we all remember what we were talking about. We were talking about the instruction given to the king, which was symbolic in nature. It simply meant that you are going to win, be victorious over your enemy. Praise the Lord. And we talked about the different kinds of arrows. So we're going to do the recap. Number one, we said arrow of prayer. Arrow of the word of God. Arrow of the word of faith. Arrow of praise. Arrow of Posterity. Okay. We talked about all these arrows and we want to move on today. Amen. Okay. What do the arrows speak of? We said they speak of the arsenal that we have been given. What? We have been given by the Lord to bring about deliverance in our lives and deliverance in the life of others. So we're going to go to the next arrow before we go to part two. We said this entire portion is divided into part 
two parts. The first part is 15 to 17. The second part is 18 to 19. So we're going to conclude with the first part. We're going to talk about one more arrow very briefly and we want to conclude it today. Because you can't keep shooting the people every Sunday. All right. Sundays are known as what? Resurrection Sundays. So no matter how many times you are shot, you keep raising up. Hallelujah. All right. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 2. Somebody read it. Put it up. Very good. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me like a polished arrow. In his cover, he hides me away. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his cover, he hid me away. Praise God. All right. Have any clue who the prophet is talking about? Anybody? Who do you think the prophet is talking about? When the prophet says he made my mouth, he made me, who is he talking about? Good. All right. When you look at the word, you see is talking about the servant, the light to the Gentile. In other words, this is a prophetic utterance about the Messiah himself. It's talking about Jesus. And he said that his mouth, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. Okay. What does that refer to? It is talking about the words that comes out of the mouth of the master. The words that comes out of his mouth is so powerful, it is like a sharp sword. And the writer of Hebrew talks about the word of God being what? The sword of the spirit. And what is so unique about this word, the uniqueness of this word, it is a double-edged sword. It is a two-edged sword. It does things what no other sword can do. When every other sword can cut into pieces flesh, when it can cut into pieces whatever comes in the way, this double-edged sword is so unique that it penetrates. It goes deeper than what meets the eyes. It discerns what? It discerns what? Thoughts and intents of the heart. 
If somebody says a sword can cut your hand off, a sword can cut your neck off, that's true. But this sword is unlike any other sword. It penetrates and it does what it cuts through the thoughts and the intents of the art. Wow. It goes very deep. It's talking about the word of God that proceeds out of his mouth. Praise God. It is so powerful that the word, there is nothing that is inaccessible to the word of God. Nothing is inaccessible to the word of God. The word can go anywhere. The word can go anytime. The word can go every time. There is nothing inaccessible to the word of God. That's why the word of God said he sent his word and he healed them. He, he sends the word which travels swifter, which travels faster. The word of God is super speed. It travels faster than the, than the speed of light. It can travel faster than the speed of the sound. And the word can go and touch anyone, any place, any time. It is the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why people who heard Jesus said, Wow! What kind of words he speaks. He speaks with authority. He speaks unlike the others. He don't speak like, speak like the scribes and the rabbi. The word that comes out of his mouth, they are profound. For it is the word of God itself. Praise God. Now, after saying that, look at the prophetic utterance that it's given. That, one, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. Next part. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hides me away. Now, we talked about arrows don't want to go back into it again. But there is an added word here. It says that he made me what? Like a polished arrow. Which part of the arrow you think gets polished the most? Come on, come on, think with me. Which part of the arrow you think? Um, there is a head, there is a body, and there is a tail. You put the arrow in the cuba, which is a basket that is carried. What sticks out? What sticks out? The tip or the back end of the arrow sticks out. That is what is visible. That is what is seen. Now, you know what amateurs will do? They will take that arrow and they will polish the latter part of the arrow because that is what is seen. But do you know what a warrior will do? He will take the arrow and he will polish the tip 
because he knows it matters what matters the tip matters the most okay now the bible says that this servant he is like a polished arrow hid in the quiver Jesus is that polished arrow that has been hidden that has been shrouded from the creation and this particular arrow was pulled out at the fullness of time at the appointed time at the divine time this arrow was pulled out last week we said talked about the arrow of posterity and we said the arrows that are given to us whether it is the arrow of praise arrow of prayer arrow of the word arrow of the of the posterity whatever arrow that is given to us when we give it into his hands when we release it for him for his sake for his purpose it becomes his arrow but this is a one of a kind of arrow tell your neighbor this is a one of a kind of arrow praise god this is not like any other arrow this arrow you cannot compare it with any other arrows this arrow is a unique arrow this arrow has been polished and it has been waiting in the quiver of god to be released at the right time at the fullness of time this arrow was released and when this arrow was released the bible says as apostle paul brings it in colossians chapter 2 verse 15 he says that he disarmed every powers and principalities and he made a shame out of them and he disarmed them and he made a public spectacle of them and he triumphed over them <laughs> praise god one we said we release the arrow for our own benefit for our own deliverance then we said we release the arrow to help someone else out but here this is a unique arrow which was released once and for all and the work was done once and for all by disarming the principalities and the power in other words the powers that intimidates us the power that threatens us the power that wants to gobble us up the power that wants to swallow us up the power that puts fear of death upon us the power that wants to engulf us once and for all this polished arrow was released against that foe that was intimidating you and me and we have got victory over the forces of darkness by the working of this arrow praise the lord amen praise god 
Now, there is something very unique about this arrow. I said it was released once and for all. What is this arrow? What is this arrow? Jesus Christ. Normally, once an arrow is used, you can't use it again. But this arrow is a unique arrow. Praise God. You don't need it to shoot the way it was shot once and for all. But every time, the enemy raises, raises its ugly head. You can lift up the name of Jesus and the power that intimidates you, the power that threatens you, the power that wants to swallow you up when you take that arrow of the name of Jesus, the power in the name of Jesus can subdue, can bring to the knees every power that raises its head, ugly head against you. That is power in the name of Jesus. Praise God. That is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let's move on. We'll come to the second part where the prophet asked him to release an arrow and he says that it's a symbol of the victory that he's going to have over Syria. Then he take, tells him, take the other arrows and strike it to the ground. And what the king does it, he strikes it once, he strikes it two times, he strikes it three times, and he stops. And the prophet gets angry and he says, why did you stop? Why didn't you keep striking since you failed, since you stopped? Now the enemy will not be utterly consumed. Now turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't, don't stop. Don't stop. Praise God. Well, the first arrow was, it was symbolic. So was the next arrows. See, there is something called ignorant faith. And intelligent faith. The Bible talks about little faith. The Bible talks about no faith, little faith, great faith. And there is something called active faith. There is something called ignorant faith. And there is something called intelligent faith. Ignorant faith is when you are ignorant about the things of God. Even when you have instruction and you fail to abide by the instruction because you do not take the time to orient yourself with the word of God and you fail to follow the instructions that are given in God's word, you take it lightly and that is your ignorant about the things of God. When you take it into consideration, this king, he was not actively involved in the things of God. When he wanted deliverance, like many of us, when he wanted deliverance, he would run up 
to the mass, to the prophet. When the deliverance came, he was living his own life. In other words, he was an in and out believer. Like many believers, he was an in and out believer who wanted deliverance from God, who wanted blessings from God, but did not want to do anything from God. Jesus said, if you love me, you shall keep my commandments. One who orients himself in the things of God is sensitive to the ways of God, to the workings of God, to the word of of God. The man followed the word of the prophet but he failed to understand the ways and the workings of God. In other words, when the man of God asked him to strike with the arrow, he was supposed to strike, consume his arrows and thereby symbolically take victory over the forces of darkness. What does that got to do with us? Well, praise God. What does that got to do with us? How? See, when you read the Bible, you understand there is power in, in symbolic things in the Bible. Unless you get into the spirit of that symbolic thing that the Bible talks about. This is symbolic of what? What is the bread symbolic of? What is the wine symbolic of? Well, we don't believe in transubstantiation. We do not believe in consubstantiation. We do not believe that the matter changes before or after. It is symbolic. Because it is symbolic does not mean that we take it lightly. Giving the due reverence to the Lord, we remember the shed blood of Jesus and the broken body of Christ. And this is a moment where we experience the presence of God even though it is symbolic. So when the man of God asked him to shoot the arrow, it was symbolic of the victory that we will have over the forces of darkness. And when he tells him, strike with the arrow again it was symbolic of his need he should have continued to, to strike till he was victorious the question is why did you stop how long you think he should have gone how long you think he should have gone yes grace that smirk on the face poses me to ask the question to you I'll come to you guys Yes. Huh? How long? In other words, man, you got many more arrows with you. Why did you do what? Why did you do what? Stop. We use the arrow of prayer, don't we? We pray for something for, I don't know how long you've been praying for, for maybe a life partner, maybe for a deliverance, maybe for a healing. And after some time we get what? It don't work. How many of you guys have given up? How many of you guys have given up? One, two, 
Some has given halfway. Some has given three-quart. At least nobody has given all the way up. No. Has anybody given up? Yeah, we all give up. We all get tired. You know? We use the arrow of prayer. We have used the arrow of praise. And after sometimes, when we don't see the result, we, don't, we want to call it quits. We want to call it quits. But the word of God tells us that we have to persist in prayer. Praise God. Till you see victory over what you've been praying for. Regardless of what realm it is in. Till you get that victory. You have to press on. You have to move on. You have to march on. Sometimes the marching is not done with your army boots. The marching is done on your knees. When you are on your knees, when you are on your knees before the Lord, let me tell you, you can get much more mileage on your knees in the presence of God, in the realms of prayer, in the realms of the Spirit. You can get a great victory if you persist so we give up we give up so what happens when we give up well there is there is a a, a, a halt in our spiritual growth in our development the measure of faith that should have increased it comes to an halt like the Bible talks about the believers in Hebrews chapter 5 the Bible says the writer of Hebrews says you guys should have been becoming teachers by now but you are still dabbling with the elementary teachings of the Bible you should have been feeding on strong meat but you are still taking milk instead in other words somewhere down the road you stopped if there is no spiritual maturity no spiritual growth in our life as God expects of us that means we have fallen short somewhere praise God Hallelujah. His stopping at the third arrow showed the weakness of his faith. It showed the lack of zeal. And are we still in the first quarter, right? Are we still in the first quarter? Yes, we're still in the first quarter. And we all have started our race together. We all started our race together, our race serving God, our race in the ministry. And how many of us already want to call it quits? How many of us already want to call it quits? You don't see the results. You don't see the move. You don't see things as you envisioned it. And you want to call it off. Somebody said something to you and something inside of you started wavering, started shaking. Let me tell you, that was a time for you to take the word of faith and pronounce it by saying, I will stand for what I've been called for. Taking at the arrow of prayer and using it against the enemy that's bringing in discouragement, that's bringing in disappointment, that is bringing in depression. 
upon our lives, raising, taking that arrow of prayer and praise and the word and hitting it at the heart of the enemy and overcoming against it. But we get paralyzed. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to arrest the momentum that takes place in the house of God. He wants to arrest the momentum that takes place in the spirit. He wants to arrest the momentum in the realms of progress that takes place in the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom from the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent takes it away by force when the enemy comes against us like a flood we will do what we will cover we will run for cover we will find a hole to go in the hole of self-pity the pit of self-pity wallowing in the self in the pit of self-pity and lack of self-esteem rather than standing up, taking the word and saying, when the enemy comes against me like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall set a standard against it. Praise God. You know, the flood comes with a force. It carries everything in its past, everything in its path, whether it is rubbish, whether it is trees, whether it is boulders, the strength of the flood is such that it takes everything in its path and it comes and comes and threatens to take you away also. That's when you take the arrow of God's word and you pronounce it saying, flood, you are coming against me. You are coming to gobble me but let me tell you no matter how forceful you come my God is going to set a standard against you and don't you dare to go over the standard that he sets for no one, no power can go over the standard that God sets praise God hallelujah praise God praise God Quite often we are satisfied with partial success. Let me tell you, partial success is dishonor to God. God has not called you and me to be partially successful. Successful weekends, Saturday night I'm successful, Sunday I'm successful, Monday to Friday I'm a failure. No, that's a dishonor to God. No, we and I have been called to live the victorious life. Praise God. But we stop and we fall short like the, like the king. What does he do? Three strikes and you are? Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor three strikes and you're out. Three strikes. The king took his arrow, three strikes, and he was out. <laughs> the time is up. Well, I want to conclude it today. Mm. The prophet rebuked him because he was saying that you lack zeal. You don't want to persevere. You don't want to keep up 
you don't want to press on you don't want to march on you're satisfied with the status quo we cannot be satisfied with the status quo more prayer more power praise god the work done for the lord cannot be done half heartedly the lord does not appreciate splintered devotion what is a splintered devotion an arrow that is splintered is ineffective the lord does not appreciate splintered devotion in other words if you start something for the lord the lord will empower you to finish it off provided you don't call it off point in case 2 in the valley is the battle against the amalekites Joshua and his men are fighting in the valley up on the mountain is Moses the bible says when he kept his hands up the children of god won what is this what is this huh when he kept his hands up the children of israel battling the warfare in the valley won when his hands grew tired he put it down and it was what a defeat for the children of israel in other words when he kept his hands up the children of israel won when he put his hands down they lost when the arms of prayer are up when it is lifted up to the lord the children win the people of god win flesh cannot overtake us as long as prayer goes up praise god private prayer personal prayer family prayer corporate prayer don't take lightly prayer i'm telling you you might be involved in the house of god in ministry don't you dare to do ministry with without prayer you want prayer support prayer support is air support in the battlefield regardless whether you are a super tank whether you are abram's tank you are the whatever you are on the ground let me tell you unless you have air support the enemy will bring you down and prayer power is the air support that is given to you so that you can be victorious in the battle praise god hallelujah so what who helped moses aaron and her helped moses to do what they kept this guy's hands up and as long as the hands remained up the bible says joshua defeated his enemies and they were victorious joshua learned a lesson he learned the power of symbolism now it was joshua's turn he was in the battlefield he goes one step further in the heat of the battle joshua looks to the sun and he commands sun stand still i got to finish what i have started praise god children of god god does not want us to 
throw in our towel and walk away from the ring halfway through. Praise God. Regardless of what you are doing, maybe you are teaching, maybe you are preaching, maybe you are counseling, maybe you are serving, maybe you are helping, maybe you are giving, maybe you are planning, maybe you are praying, maybe you are praising, no matter what you are doing for the Lord, till you get victory, till the plan has been accomplished, till the mission has been fulfilled, God wants you to Press on. God had already told Joshua, Joshua, listen, I have given this into your hands. He had the promise. Just because he had the promise, Joshua did not decide that he's going to go and he's going to sit down with his hands. No, Joshua realized that he had to enter into the battle. Not only enter into the battle, he realized that he has to engage with the enemy. Not only engage with the enemy. Once you engage with the enemy and you realize that you are taking grounds for the kingdom, taking grounds for his people, he realized the importance of time. He realized how crucial time was. And Joshua dared to believe God. And he looked up to heaven and told, told son, son, you stand still there. I got a promise on me. I got to fulfill the promise. So if that means God has to put on hold the planet system, which is in, in, in an ongoing motion, God will do it for you. Aha. Uh-huh. Praise God. Don't call it quits. Turn to your neighbor and tell, do not call it quits. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes the answer is at the corner and we reach all the way up here and the answer is right here. And instead of going through, instead of moving up and taking what God has given, we call it quits here. That's why the prophet was upset at the king saying, why did you stop? You should have continued. When you stop, you don't take victory all the way. When you don't have victory all the way, the enemy comes back to defeat you. Look at the history of Joash. Yes, as pronounced, he defeated the Syrians at the battle at Aphek. But when you read on, you will understand that he did defeat them three times. But the enemy came, overcame, and took the children of God as slaves because he did not take it Seriously, he did not press on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me conclude with a real life story as the time runs out. Andrew Jackson. Who was Andrew Jackson? Who's Andrew Jackson? Before he became the president, who was he? Hmm? Where do you see Andrew Jackson's picture? Huh? Where do you see his portrait? 
Huh? Anybody seen it? Huh? Somebody said it's on $3. I guess it was connected to the three arrows. Well, Andrew Jackson's friends got together one day. And they said, hey, how did this guy become like this? How did he become a celebrated general and then move up to become the president of the United States? That's, you can't understand that. You can't understand that. He was just like us. In fact, there were much more smarter guys with us. Remember the guy Joe, remember the guy Jack who lived across the street from Andrew? He was much more smarter than Andrew. How come he's still around here and Andrew moved up to be the president of the United States? So another guy said, yeah, I can't understand. Every time Andy had a, had a wrestling match with Jack who was the next door neighbor, Jack would defeat him three out of four times in every wrestling match. Three out of four. Who will win? Jack would win. So the other friend said, hey, normally after three rounds, you call it off. Three strikes, you are out. After three rounds, you are defeated three times. It's over. The, 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 the match is over. So how come you're saying that out of four, Andrew, Jack used to win all the time? Well, the other friend said, well, Andrew was different. Every time he was defeated three times and he, he was thrown out or thrown into the ring, Andrew Jackson will get up and he will say, let's go one more round. Tell your neighbor, let's go one more round. And Andrew would always win the, the fourth round. And his friend says, Jack would be tired after winning three times. Andrew would be tired after three times. But Andrew would not give up. He would say, let's do it one more time. I want to do it one more time. I want to fight you one more time. And every time Andrew won the fourth match. That's the mindset Andrew Jackson had. Defeat in the past should not paralyze us. The failure of yesterdays should not be a repeating of today. Yesterday's failure should be a stepping stone to success. You don't give up. You don't give up. You reach out into that quiver and you pull out the arrow of prayer. Yes, the enemy defeated you three times, but I'm going to go for the fourth time. I'm going to go for the fifth time. I'm going to go for the sixth time till I am victorious. This assures me, this arrow, the arrow of God's word, it assures me, finally, 
I am going to be the victorious one. You are going to be the victorious one because the word has already given us a preview. The word has been pronounced. The verdict has been pronounced. The arrow of God, Jesus was released on the cross of Calvary. He defeated the enemy. Principalities and powers were disabled and he made a public spectacle of them and he triumphed over them and he is victorious and you and I have been called to walk behind the one who is conqueror and the Bible says you and I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us all eyes closed everybody up we're going to conclude Praise God. Oh, Jesus. What is lacking in us quite often is a great faith in that great God. We stop too soon. If we stop too soon, souls will be lost. Laos will be lost. We don't want to stop too soon. One more arrow. One more time can make a difference. Reach out to that friend one more time. Reach out to the relative one more time. Reach out to them through prayer. Reach out to them through the word of God. One more time of counseling can perhaps change somebody's life. It can change somebody's destiny. And who knows, it can change a whole lot of people's Life. So what do we do? We pray with expectancy. We read the word consistently. We speak the word fervently. And we praise continually. All eyes closed. This morning the Lord is telling us don't give up. I have great plans for you. I want to develop you. I want to make you distinguished. I want to make you distinct. I want to make you unique. But if you pull out, you pull out of the program of God halfway through. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible is full of examples of people who pulled out. Praise God. John Mark pulled out of that mission experience with Barnabas and Paul. Damas, the Bible says, he loved the world and he forsake the company of saints and he went with the world. Judas, he went away into the world. But let me tell you, John Mark came back and today let your story be written with John Mark coming back giving yourself a chance to move with the plan and the purpose of God. If there is anybody in this house who has become disappointed, has become discouraged, 
has dip, become depressed. You want to throw in the towel and walk away from the warfare where God has placed you, from the service where God has placed you. The Spirit of God is telling you, don't stop, continue to strike, and you will be victorious. If you got tired, if you want to call it quits, this morning would you raise your hands and say, Lord, maybe I called it quits. Maybe I got tired, but here I am. I want to press on. I want to use every arrow that you have given me against the enemy of discouragements and disappointments. And I want to be victorious. If you are that person, raise your hands up high. We're going to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We commit the men and the women of God into your hands. Every uplifted hands. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the spirit of discouragement. I rebuke the spirit of disappointment. And I pray that they will press on into the realms of God and experience a complete victory that they may say, mission accomplished, purpose of God fulfilled, promises of God fulfilled upon my life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Father, send us home with your grace and with your blessings. May we continue to thrive and prosper. May we stand firm in all of the will of God, mature and fully assured. May we be led by the Spirit of God. May we be directed by the Spirit of God. May we triumph from day to day. May we march on the paths of righteousness. May we march on the path of victory. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.